Everybody, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host. My voice is cracking. Dr. Matt Townsend. How are you, kids? Got the gang with me. Spunky, Kike, and Ginger. Who's who? Yeah, yeah, yeah just guess which one Ginger is. Uh, She's leaving right now. Okay. Do you yeah, have red hair when you have hair? Uh, no, actually. Oh, okay. Ginger, Snap. I actually made a shirt for the David Archuleta contest in the seventh grade, and my shirt said Ginger Snap, so... Really? Yeah. What contest was David Archuleta having? No, concert. Oh, concert, okay. Yeah. Really? David, love him. L- you love David? Well... Why don't we... Okay, get David on the show. I've tried. He's not doing interviews right now, but I'm working on it. David, if you're listening, we G- want you. Ginger Snap really wants you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember her from the concert when she was in seventh grade? What was that, three years ago? <laughs> Just two and a half. Try like seven. Oh, sorry. Oh, was it seven? Yeah. Yeah. Seventh grade, 2007. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, we got a great show for you. Oh, have we got a great show for you. Now, have you ever wondered? I watched Jaws the other day. Really? Yeah. Classic? Classic Jaws. I remember seeing Jaws as a kid. I remember actually going to Universal Studios and having Jaws lunge up at me out of the water the train was driving by. Wow. Yeah. They, was they that pretty traumatizing? Do, that. Yeah. do they still do that? Yeah, they do. It was traumatizing. I think, I don't remember much. I passed out. <laughs> and so I don't remember what happened. But what's interesting is some of the movies I used to watch back then, I, as I watch as an adult, they seem a little risque. And I'm like, did I watch that? Because that seems like an R. What does? Some of the movies I used to yeah. watch. But they're not ours. To, they're PGs. The rating system is really interesting how it works in the United States. It's messed States. up. Yeah. Is it just, is, does any other country have a rating system? Yeah, most countries have a rating system. Okay. Um, and they're pretty much all different uh, depending on the country. For example, in, in Finland and in Norway, they have it based on age. and say They have like six categories. Hmm. They have plus three, plus six. Plus uh, 13, plus 16, and plus 18, meaning at that age level. And in Finland, the law is that you cannot go see one of those movies unless you're accompanied with a parent and only if you're three years within three years of that age. Three years plus or minus? Yeah, no, plus, uh, minus. Plus. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Because like that, that really just sounds more like soccer extra time. So, so if you're th- if you're uh, sixteen or if you're thirteen and you want to see a plus sixteen movie, you got to have a parent with you. Interesting. Rob, you, these are back in the eighties, right? Yeah. When you, you said th- these were PG movies. Yeah. That's because PG thirteen didn't show up until nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Oh, see, that's it. So it was okay. Well, that's it's it. not bad enough to be an R. Yeah. So we'll just call it a hard PG. I watch. I actually learned a lot about life watching these PG Rs. They, I learned like, whoa. Do you know all the different ratings in the rating no, system? It sounds no, and I should because I have children and what they mean. No, so, do you have those? So today on the show, we're talking media, right, and kids. And how to make sure, especially through the summer, it's getting hot. Now the kids are all going to go inside, and they're just going to start consuming media all year, all summer. 
So our job, we wanted today to help you understand media. We've got a pro coming on that's going to, you know, teach us what's really working for kids and what doesn't. Real, some real, you know, research. But Michael Pond, our other researcher. Are you a researcher, Mike? You could say that. Oh, by the way, we haven't been properly introduced, Melina. My name is Pond. Michael Pond. Yeah. I do a lot of research. That was good. That's an R-rated show. You know, it sometimes is and sometimes isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Motion Picture Association of America was founded in 1922 uh, as kind of this moral police and uh, kind of a... That's what MP stands for. Not motion picture. (laughs) Moral police. Well, it's kind of changed over time. And like Rob said, uh, PG-13 didn't even exist until, what was it, 1988 or... 84. 84. Um, And today, we kind of have this system... That, that kind of, you know, yeah. it, it's funky because you'll have two movies with the same content, but they're rated differently. Really? Yeah. You mean old school, new school? No, no, like today. So oh, let's, today let's take two, two examples. Well, uh, we've got Life of Pi and Castaway. Life of Pi was rated PG, thir- or PG and Castaway was wa- rated PG-13. Now, right. the, the films, uh, they share some elements, but they're pretty different in the way that they tell their story. Yeah. Uh, and Castaway was rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association for some intense images and action sequences. But Life of Pi... Uh, you know, it's got some pretty emotional, oh yeah, dramatic content. There's a tiger, there. yeah, and a there's t- you could be you're on a boat with a tiger. There's themes of cannibalism mm-hmm. and and uh, murder in there, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of yeah. you're kind of wondering, okay, how did this? Which happen? way do we go here? Yeah, yeah, and so the castaway uh, is that Tom Hanks? Yeah, that's Tom Hanks. I mean, there was pretty much there was a ball. Yeah, he he's, he's he on an island by himself trying to survive, yeah. and he, you know he to cope emotionally. He I mean, sounds his, sounds like a G to me. Yeah, it's I a mean G. it's a G. Unless the ball got out of hand, then it's a D. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are the ratings then? Well, there's there's a G G general audiences. Yeah. You know, nothing that that would offend parents or, See, but everybody or always children. G is a Dis- means Disney. Well, not always. No, it'd be a D, wouldn't it? That would be a D. I, yeah, D I S N E Y. But G is pretty much content that's that's okay for for everybody. Our show is pretty much G. Well, I don't know. I'd put a PG on there. Parental guidance suggested. I yeah, maybe not even parental. Just guidance suggested. G S. Guide on the side. Yeah, that's a good point. PG means what? You know, parents are urged to give. Parental guidance. Be there with their their children, and, and so some material uh, parents may not want their young children to see. That's good. You know, the next one, PG thirteen. Yeah, that's parents strongly cautioned, and they you know the the number thirteen kind of the Friday that's the thirteenth. The uh, Motion Picture Association thinks is a good age for for okay. that age group. You you shouldn't be under thirteen if you're seeing that kind of movie without parental guidance. Why don't they just say strongly? Whatever. Strongly... Cautioned? Cautioned. SC. I don't know. They decided this a while ago. Yeah. If, if I was in charge, maybe. Because, too, when you think of a 13-year-old, doesn't it depend on if it's a 13-year-old girl or a 13-year-old boy? Because I know a lot of 13-year-old boys that are like 8. <laughs> I know a lot of 13-year-old girls that are like 17. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. The next one, rated R. Yeah. Restricted. Rob. Uh, 
in some some places the law requires that under seventeen year olds uh, they they must be accompanied by by a hold on what oh there's another one. NC-17. We don't see this one very much, but it's out there. There's a few movies, and that means uh, no one under 17 uh, wow. admitted. So that's really worse than an R. So that by law, you cannot go in if... Yeah, that's way worse than an R. You know, I, I, it's funny. I never knew that. Mo- most of the content is, is very violent or pornographic, and that's why a lot of those kind of movies don't make it to, to main out. Didn't that... Outlets. That used to be called a mature... Yeah, that, that used to be X, X rating. Yeah, and that was cha- the one. They've changed it to. NC-17. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Don't make, yeah. don't keep it X. Make it seem like a seventeen-year-old could handle it. <laughs> That's messed up. Well, did you know there's a the rating? There's ratings for video games. It's completely yeah. different. They, is it a different rating system? Yeah, it is. Because I go buy video games with my children, and I'm confused. It's, it's almost like. Can I just suggest? It's like they're not really trying to help. It's like they're trying to confuse you because if they really wanted to help. They have a much clearer system. Dad, it's rated M for Matt. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, that dramatization brought to you by Colonel Rob Sanders. That was um, that was a good child voice. Give us the video games, and this is what Sarah Coyne's going to talk to us about. PhD professor, media. She's going to get into all of this. So the ESRB, uh, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. It's it's interesting because this these rating systems are not government a- agencies. They're not organizations. Oh, so see, they're it's, private. It's the association, uh, though. It's the people. Right. It's probably paid for by the people that make the video games, and that's why you know we see the same movies with the same content. Uh, with different ratings. So mm-hmm. that's why. Okay. And the SRB is different because it, it's the same in Canada and the United okay. States. So, mm. you know, a little up north over the border. But there's seven different ratings. Yep. We've got rating RP, rating pending. Okay. Uh, that means it hasn't been rated yet. Stay away from it until it's yeah. rated. Um, and then the first one that you're going to see is EC, a little C and then a big C, early childhood. So this is, you know, typical for children three and up. Okay. Should, should be all right. Uh, e for everyone. Yes, that's what I'm used to. Kids to adults, you know, yeah. the content is kind of going to be pretty mild. And then E, everyone 10 plus. So everyone that's 10 and older. They can handle it. That's probably going to involve some gore. Yeah. you know, Some car- beheading of some little lizard man. Mild cartoon fantasy violence kind of, you yeah. know, aliens. Yeah. Uh, and then T for teen. This is probably one of the most common ratings in, for video games. T for teen. Uh, this is games that that are rated mostly for violent content, uh, including small amounts of blood, mild to moderate language or suggestive themes or crude humor. And then the next one is M for Mature. That's um, the one where they drive around in the car and hit people. Yeah, this is where you're going to see kind of the most extreme violence. There's actually a rating uh, above this, uh, but you don't see it because most publishers will not publish games, and that's AO, adults only. But uh, An AO video game. Yeah. Man. The interesting thing about the M for Mature is that it says the ESRB recommends 17 and above, but the law will not let anyone below 18 buy a video game that's rated M for Mature. Really? Yeah. That's a great law. Well, it doesn't follow the ESRB. If it followed the ESRB, then it'd be 17. It's yeah. just interesting. It's like we got to get on the same page. Uh, yeah, it's all over the place. I've been asking Don to give us a rating system for our own show. Don's uh, our general but, manager. But Don won't oblige. Don, what's the deal? Don't you think we need to have our show have a rating system? Um, a a, a do, for adults. Do you 
think we need to, Matt. Maybe there, this is something we need to talk about. No, I'm good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just get my gear. Now, come to think of it, let's see. Um, what could we do? G for uh, general. G, uh, yeah. And, uh, S for silly. Yeah. Yeah. James. Yeah. Okay. That's that, James. Would each member of the, of the show have a different rating then? Yeah, that would. <laughs> I'd have to give everyone a different rating. EM for Ethel Merman. When that, yeah, when I pull out Apple. <laughs> Uh, old for oldies. Warning, this show has certain segments of Ethel Merman-esque uh, <laughs> that may be uh, d- um, upsetting to some audiences. <laughs> Maybe upsetting to some audiences that actually have ever heard of Ethel Merman. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Well, Don, we're, we're doing ratings. Coming up, right? Did you hear that? Yeah, now, Ethel Merman, wasn't she... Who was it that was in Mad, Mad, Mad World? It was the... Uh, uh, mother-in-law. The mother-in-law was yeah. that Ethel? Ethel Merman. Yeah. That's Ethel. Yeah. Oh, that's classic Ethel. Yeah. Sylvester. Yeah. That's Sylvester. okay. You're the first person to ever quote one of her movies. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just do her voice, and you quote her movies. Good job, Don. I love it when Don comes in. We get a lot of work done. You know General I mean? Manager Don. He's great. He. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get ratings now. <laughs> If everyone else has ratings, I want ratings. So we're talking today media and the ratings. It's it's a, it's a mess, but we, you know, I guess they're all trying to help. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But research is needed to yeah. understand these systems. Yeah, that that's the the thing about these rating systems that you can't just depend on them completely. Is that they're pretty vague. You know, T for yeah. teen. What does that even mean? Yeah. You know, is that you really need to check you, them out. For yourself, because the rating itself isn't really going to tell you too much. No, and you got to know your kid, yeah. because your kid really maybe can't handle some stuff, and you don't want your child to learn about life through the media only, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's what's happening. So Dr. Sarah Coyne is going to join us. We're going to take a break here. We're going to bring in the pros. She's an associate professor of human development in the School of Family Life at BYU, and her major interest um, area of study and research is in media, aggression, gender, and child development. The pros are in the house, folks. We're talking media. We are talking the impact it has on your children. If you would like to ask Sarah a question, give us a call, one eight five five chat byu What questions do you have about media and your children? You know, you got a pro here. Give us a call, one eight five five chat byu Anybody that gets on uh, the line with us and asks a question for Sarah, we will uh, be giving them a, a book, a free book. I think we'll even give you a list of books to choose from. So you don't just have to take mine, even though it is the best book. Not to brag. Not to brag. Give us a call. one eight five five chat byu We're taking a break. We're back with Dr. Sarah Coyne right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Little Ethel Merman for you. Man, is that Ethel Merman? That is Ethel Merman in her glory. She sounds better um, when I'm singing her voice. So you're saying that you have a better Ethel Merman than Ethel Merman? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I didn't even know that. That Actually, that does sound familiar. It also, that tends to be the typical, you know, mother-in-law voice. That's true. Or, you know, mean sister voice. Anyway, hey, we uh, we got we got some serious some serious brain power in the room. 
And Sarah, she that's part of her bio. Uh, it says, make sure you say that I have serious brain power. Dr. Sarah Coins, her name. She is a professor at BYU, associate professor of human development in the School of Family Life at BYU. Her research interests, though, involve media, aggression, gender, child development, and recently Disney princesses. Is that right? That's right. Thanks for having me. Sarah Coyne in the house. Thank you. Hey, you're very welcome. For being here. Four kidlets. Yep. And um, so this probably, I mean, it's one thing to be a PhD researcher without any kids. Then all of a sudden you're just, you're just being really academic. Yeah. Very like neutral. But now you're a mommy. Yeah. Have sure. They? Yeah. Have you noticed that? They have. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like yesterday we talked about. That's not that's not a female thing just because you're a mom. Like as a dad, I watch a lot closer. It's just being a dad. I'm scared to death for my kids, like what they're seeing, what's out there. And I wonder if anybody was that afraid when I was growing up, because I was watching a lot of stuff you probably shouldn't watch. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lot of murders. Magnum P.I. Do you remember that show? Mm-mm. You're too young. So sad. I'm older than the professors now, James. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sad. So, Sarah, teach us this, okay? Um, I want to talk about media in general. You heard about our ratings little discussion out there. Did you hear that? I did. It's messed up, and it's so confusing. Why are they confusing it? I don't know, and you didn't even cover TV ratings. I know. Which are the most confusing of all. Are they really? Mm-hmm. But you have a proposal. So there's TV, there's video games, uh, there's movies, but you think there should be book ratings. I've thought about whether there should be what book ratings. What do you ratings. think? I mean, it used to be we just burned them. No, that's awful. <laughs> we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, so I've studied all the traditional forms of media. Yeah. And I love to read. Yeah. And it's my favorite thing to do. And I thought there's not very many studies on books. And so- well, couple- Why is that? I think I don't know. I think we put them on a pedestal. Yeah. So we're like, so we can't pure. say anything bad about them. Well, yeah, because or- the writer wrote It's a writer. Yeah. It's it's from their heart. They That's channeled right. it from, yeah. Yeah, so we did a content analysis where we read the top 40 best-selling adolescent novels, I think from 2008. So Harry Potter yeah. was big. This Twilight was your team. Was big. Or did you do all of this by yourself? This was my team. Yeah, I'm thinking because <laughs> that would be a lot of reading. Yeah. Yeah. And we just counted how much violence was in it, substance use, sexual behavior, and profanity. Hmm. And... What'd you find? Well, top 40. Most books were great. Really? Most books were relatively innocuous, had wonderful themes, but there were a few that I was really surprised at. So, and are they the more popular types? I mean, well, maybe we all, don't want to drop right, names. They're all 40 but, top best selling, yeah. but Harry Potter and Twilight were really great. Okay. So, let me give you one example. So, one book was called Tweak. 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 Growing up on methamphetamines. Oh, really? Uh huh. And a obviously tweaker. had a lot of substance use, but. Sure. There was a lot of sexual content. So one of my student raters called me up and she just said, Dr. Coyne, I don't know how to code homosexual prostitution. Yeah. That wasn't on your list. Ah, that wasn't on my list. I didn't think it would make it in books for teens. Yeah. And we counted the profanity. And that book had 187 F words alone. Are you serious? 300 page book. So. For a kid. For a kid, yeah. And if that had been made into a movie. 
that easily would be an rated art. R. I think yeah. you need four F words to get an yeah, R. Yeah, I bet that would have done it in the first ten minutes, five minutes, three mm-hmm. minutes. That's right. Yeah, but it's sitting, you know, on the shelf next to Harry Potter or some other books. Unbelievable. That, yeah. So anyway, in your kid's school, maybe unless yeah. somebody caught it. But then I guess if somebody caught it, then they're just censoring. That's right. Yeah. And so That's why we need a rating. Yeah. So there's a big discussion right now, yeah. and it's very, very controversial about whether we should rate books. Um, I don't think we should rate them by ages. I yeah. think that we should provide some sort of a content warning. Yeah. So, right. Here's this book. It's got strong profanity. So then if I'm a parent, okay. I don't really have time to read every single book my kid reads, but I go to the back cover and I say, yeah, okay, this is strong profanity. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about it, or maybe I should flip through and, yeah. and see what strong profanity is. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're going to get a hotel and... Um, you're looking online, and they have, oh, they have a, they have like little symbols, like oh, it has mm-hmm. a beach, it has great views, da 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 da, and it has nightlife and all this stuff. So, oh, okay, it's got seven things I want. Oh, these two things I don't want. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. You would think that. Like, but... so, it seems like there's some librarian out there that, because of the internet and the computer system, the Dewey Decimal thing's kind of gone a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you think that they'd be thinking, hmm, I ought to create a rating system for children. So actually, every librarian in America hates me. Do they really? Mm-hmm. So I, when really? The, yeah, when these studies got published, I was on quite a few radio programs, and all the librarians they all don't like, like their association published something about my research, saying how what a bad idea it was, because the librarians want to be able to control the books and to tell kids what's good and what's not. Interesting, which is great. Yeah. I, I love librarians. Well, I until you them. have a kid that just grabs it off the shelf without a librarian, right? How many kids actually consult a librarian? Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm on their bad list. Oh my heavens! We'll keep the conversation. You're Lucky to be alive. I know. They're they're a harsh group. Who would think that they'd come after the researcher? <laughs> right. <laughs> that is so crazy. So um, as a parent though, you how many how old's your oldest? He's almost ten. So yeah, he's right in this age group where it's mm-hmm. starting to matter a lot, isn't it? Yep. Um, what what do you what do you suggest that we do as parents? Because they're real every it's every system's different. None of them mm-hmm. are really united. It, and I guess they're there to help, but I guess they're also there to promote their industry. Yep. And make sure their industry can stay viable by not hurting people. I guess. Yeah. But do we? I, I guess we just have to be smarter than the system. What do we do? Do we just learn every system, master every system? So I think you need to know the systems, and Mm. they're very difficult, Yeah. right? Especially when you put in television in there. But there are some resources for parents, and the one that I personally use as a parent is called commonsensemedia.org. Common Sense Media. And they have an app that you can put on your phone as well. And you can put in any movie, TV show, video game, app, and even a lot of books into their database, and it will come up with a very detailed list of the content in it. That's so great. how much violence, how yeah. much sex, and then yeah. even you know how many positive messages, and what are the themes, and what can you talk to your kids about it. So we use that one probably daily in our house. Do you we really? Love, yeah, I, love, I don't just, work for them, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love it so much, and it's well, a wonderful tool. But as a research, I mean, okay, so let's all remember, Dr. Sarah Coyne is a professor that studies this. So you try, you're not, bi- you're not, try- everyone's biased, I guess, but you're just trying to you're just trying to get real. What's the real thing that's going on here? When somebody's reading a book and there's 100 and whatever F words in it, that's a problem, especially if they're eight, nine. Right. And the book is tweak right, or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, you're here to help. So common sense media is a resource you go to. Yeah, and I think that knowledge is power. Yeah. So as parents, we want to have as much knowledge as we can so we can help our kids. And, and of, of course we don't want to 
ban books. I think that's right. an awful idea. We don't want to start burning books. Again. Right. And if you read Tweak, it's a great message about why you should not use methamphetamines, yeah. right? It seems like a great young adult book. Right. For a 17 <laughs> or an 18-year-old, yeah. but not for like an 11-year-old. Yeah. And I guess um, – what other research have you found in books? Are books different in kind? I mean, it seems like it is the oldest avenue into the brain is the book and verbal. But yeah. now we've got video games and all these other things. What other stuff have you learned about books as far as a media problem or opportunity? I'm, I'm assuming there's great data that shows we need to be reading. So, yeah, I mean – Reading is a great predictor of intelligence mm-hmm. and academic achievement and and all these things. So we, we want our kids to read. Yeah. We want them to read. But I, I think that like any other type of media, books are on a spectrum. And just because they're reading doesn't mean they're reading something good. Because we also want to comprehend. So whatever right. they're reading, they're comprehending. <laughs> and whatever. That's right. So that's a big issue. Do, do you like all of these... Uh, I don't want to pick on a series, but do you like the the uh, series about, I mean, a lot of Draculas, a lot of vampires, a lot of dark, I mean, it's it's all of the popular ones. Is there, I guess that's healthy. I mean, I'm just sitting there like, why is everyone into Dracula for heaven's sakes? Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I used to be a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you, is that what this is? Day. That's it. <laughs> Buffy has spawned all of these writers Buffy. and yeah. researchers. Yeah. What's that? I actually I mean, what's to... it about? I mean, it used to be Huck Finn, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. Yeah, I think there's something about a fantasy world and yeah. an escaping into this, you know, not, yeah. not real life type of thing. And, and extra powers. And I mean, there's some cool parallels to life. Yeah, like female power type yeah. of thing. Uh-huh. But, you know. I mean, I'd give anything to be able to put a curse on someone. Right. I've been trying that for years, haven't I, James? We've been yeah. trying to curse people. Well, almost long. every show you try to curse me. I try. I can't get it out. I can't get the curse out of me. We're talking with Dr. Sarah Coyne from Brigham Young University. She's an associate professor of human development in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young. When we come back, we're going to be talking video games, how video games affect your child. Let's not take their you know, definitions anymore. Let's talk to the pros. Dr. Sarah Coyne is going to teach us good, bad, and ugly about video games. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Friends, this is the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Dr. Sarah Coyne, Associate Professor of Human Development in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. She's a researcher extraordinaire. She's one of my favorite uh, people to look out for in the research field because she does really cool research, like research on addiction in video games. That's right. Uh, research on, um, is it true? Let's just shoot straight. Okay. Is it true that um, eventually it, it, it shortens the growth of people's thumbs if they play video games too much? I don't know of that study. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. That's what my mom used to say. <laughs> Your mom Quit playing wrong. with the video games or you're going to have short thumbs. <laughs> um, so Sarah, talk about video games. Let's just, I'm going to give you one answer. You get one word answers. One word answer. That's how I'm going to lead you to where I want you to go. Okay. Um, video games. Okay. Oh, you're not going to know this answer. Good or bad? Mixed. Good. Oh, like wow. That? That's one word I wasn't thinking of. <laughs> um, addicting? 
can be. Yeah, it's two words, but I, uh, is it addicting? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. There you go. So it's mixed. They can be good or bad, and you can get addicted. You could actually get addicted to a video game. Correct, yeah. There's been dozens of studies now, and it's not most kids who play video games. It's about 8 to 10 percent. Interesting. But are they, the, are they the kids that'll get addicted to anything? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, that's your next study. Done, that's my next study. Thank you for the idea. Yeah, well, you know, just, <laughs> just shoot me a shout out when you yeah, get it done. no problem. <laughs> um, so, but 8 to 10 percent mm-hmm. could be, become addicted. That's right. Is it any kind of game or is it a certain kind of game? Does, do you need to, like, chase somebody and shoot them to get the addiction or can it be just Mario Kart? You know, it can be any game, but certain types of games are more addictive. So, like the massively multiplayer online role-playing games. I think oh, I gosh. said that right. Is that what they're called? That's what they're called. Right? I ask you to so, say like, that again. So, like, World of Warcraft. Yeah. Those type of games tend oh, to be really? a little more addictive than... Like Super Mario Brothers. I've had a ton of clients come in where their wives complain about that. that yeah, we call them like uh, gaming widows. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a killer. Yeah. Um, addicting, possibly, especially the the one that you just talked about with yeah. a lot of definitions. What about uh, you don't think they're good or bad? They're mixed. Depends, yeah. Depends how how can a video game be good? And don't tell me so that we can fly drones in <laughs> Afghanistan. Let me tell you one very cool study. Yeah. There's a study that looked at laparoscopic surgery. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And surgeons who were good at video games, who grew up playing video games, tend to be better at laparoscopic surgery than other surgeons. Oh, I'm going to tell my father-in-law that. Because he's always telling my kids to get off the games. But now I'm going to say maybe he's a surgeon. (laughs) That's right. It's training for medical school. And and then probably, seriously, a lot of the military things we're doing, or a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff being done remotely now anyway. Yeah. I mean, they actually train soldiers on video games. Yeah. It's very common. So that's kind of the upside. But you did a study that made the news that I thought was really cool. It can actually strengthen relationships. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's right. We How? did a it was a really fun study. It was with 500 families in Seattle. Hmm. And we looked at how often they played video games with their parents. By the way, how often does a kid, percentage-wise, do we know? Is it not 10% of the time? Often. I bet it's not. It's pretty rare. <laughs> well, it depends on the kids. So yeah. some kids were saying, I play um, a couple of times a week. Some hmm. kids are saying I never. Never. Right. Yeah. So it you know, kind of depends on the kid. But the kids who said that I do it frequently, um, and this was only for girls, not okay. for boys. Yeah. But they reported feeling more connected to their parents. Really? Mm-hmm. They were less aggressive. They were more pro-social. And they were less depressed. Are so you some kidding? Some positive things. Yeah. And that probably doesn't, I mean, if you actually looked at how much time they were playing, it's probably insignificant amounts, really. Right. It's not like You're not hours days. and hours and hours right. a day. More pro-social, less aggressive, mm-hmm. um, stronger relationships, probably eventually then more self-confidence. I'm, right. I mean, down the road, I'm right. betting stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know, right, if you have a bad relationship with your teen... If you start playing video games yeah. with them, that's not going to fix everything, no. right? So video games represent one of many tools that parents can use to go connect with your kid. So, right, you can go play basketball with your kid mm-hmm. or a board game or whatever, but so many kids are into video games. And so it allows a parent to kind of step into your child's world and, and have that time with them, doing yeah. something that they actually like and are probably better at than you are. And, and Yeah, it's where they are. So go meet them where they are. That's right. Who would think that? I mean, that's the principle. So you'd think we'd all be thinking that way. I played Barbies with my daughter. That's a good thing. I still do. 
That's a good thing. She's 20. <laughs> right. She's like, Dad, I don't want to That's a little weird. Play. I'm like, Dad's got Barbies. Yeah. Um, but you got to meet them where they are. And so if all of a sudden... Plus, I've just found when they're doing something like that, you can talk to them about almost anything because mm-hmm. they're not. Their guard is down. Yeah. Yeah. And, got, and then you plus you learn a lot of great moves. It's karate chop. You learn how to shoot them and stuff like that. <laughs> less good. Yeah. Not so good. Less, right. less good. According to Dr. Sarah Coyne, not so good. Right. Glad the pros here because I would be ruining you. Um, what else? What else have you learned about video games and just, you know, our kids? Okay, yeah. So the type of video game really matters. The so type. You, right, you look at the content. And yeah. so there's a lot of research looking at pro-social video games. So these are games where you go out and you help other characters and you're nice to other characters. Yeah. And you have to like yeah, you have to socialize. You have to use your person to yeah. connect to the world. So there's there's a game we use in our studies. I can't remember what it's called. The Firefighter Heroes or something. And you're a fireman and you go save people from burning buildings. Cool. So it's an exciting game. Action packed. Yeah. But what research finds is that when people play pro-social games, they tend to be more kind and more nice. Is the opposite true? Oh, there's been anti-social thousands games. of studies on that topic. Right. So most games, mo- the, I should say the most popular games are the violent ones, the oh, M-rated yeah. games yeah. like you were talking right. about. And right, study after study after study shows playing those violent video games is associated with aggressive behavior. And this is the part of the show where every teenage boy yeah. decides to call in and say what I a crappy person I am. You. Yeah. Right. I've never murdered anyone yeah. and I play Halo or whatever. Right. right. But you know, research shows time and time again mm-hmm. more aggressive, less likely to help others, lower levels of empathy. Interesting. And does it keep diminishing? Does it keep going down with use? Like, is it, I guess there'd be the addiction, huh? Yeah. You become more and more impacted by it. Yeah. The, so the long-term effects, I mm-hmm. think, are the, the more scary ones. So if you start playing violent video games at age five, say, yeah. the cumulative impact yeah. can be quite scary. Absolutely. Wow. And then, too, I guess it would also impact, I mean, if you already have social problems anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're not playing pro-social games. You're not learning even the subtle gifts of, I don't know, charity or compassion that you might need. (laughs) Instead, you're learning to be, you know, a mercenary going out and killing people. Right. And and most people who play, right, violent video games are not going to go kill someone. Right. Right. But it might be a tipping point for some people. But you might certainly be more likely to to yell at your wife Uh or to kick your dog or... You know, lower level yeah. forms of aggression, what I call them. Because uh, uh, James, a lot of times James will wear like army garb and he'll come in with army gear on. And I get worried. Like, <laughs> no guns. Because James building. isn't in the military. <laughs> right, James? Well, uh, what I'm trying to do is, is use the camouflage so you don't know that I'm here. And I'm, I'm trying to hide. So he's delusional, <laughs> stuff like that. That's sneaky. Yeah. But I worry. Yeah, okay. So, should parents, when do we need to worry? At what point do we think, okay, this is out of hand? Right, yeah. So um, in terms of the video game addiction stuff, um, if your kid is lying about playing video games. And how much they're on it. Mm-hmm, if they're stealing money from you to try to buy video games, that's a To get the next big, game. Yeah, and if they are unable to withdraw. And if they do withdraw, they get withdrawal symptoms. So similar, you quit you know, heroin or something, yeah. you get physical withdrawal symptoms. We see the same thing. Wow. 
with so if you walk in the addiction. bathroom and they're in the fetal position on the floor, <laughs> you're like, okay, so you can't play video games. They start sweating, yeah. Yeah. right? That's a bad sign. Oh, um, right. If they're doing poorly in school uh-huh. because they can't stop playing video games, if they don't want to hang out with their friends or go to activities because of video games, those are all pretty big, big signs. signs of a problem. Do you... What's the intervention? I mean, the parent would say, turn that off and I'm taking the cord and they steal the cord or whatever. And But it probably needs more of an intervention. They're really addicted. Yeah. So that's kind of like a cold turkey approach. Yeah. But therapists are now starting to actually offer video game addiction mm-hmm. services. Oh, are they really now? Mm-hmm. Like I know LDS family yeah. services yeah. are for sure. Because I, I actually, I, I do. I see clients. I know a guy that went, pretended to go to college for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, had money from the government that they would borrowed and was only taking one, but was said he was taking like three or four classes, was only taking one class. And then the rest of the day would spend the day playing World of Warcraft in the library. I believe it. And, you know, ev- you know eventually that's going to catch up with you. Yeah. Like when your wife thinks you're a doctor. <laughs> that would be a <laughs> and bad <you're> not. day. <laughs> and then I've had other people that argued that, no, but I'm learning how to... I built the most incredible character on this one program, and I can sell my character. Right. And I'm like, okay. Most people don't make a living off yeah. of being video game players, unfortunately. Yeah. It's really weird. And the hard thing in Utah is we have some really big video gaming companies that make the video games. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, I'm just going to do that. I'm just, I'll do that. And you're like, okay, but you got to get grades, and you got to do your math first, you and you got to figure out this other stuff. Let me tell you one more thing. Yeah. So we studied kids in Provo area yeah. versus those in Seattle. And the kids in Provo area are more likely to be addicted to video games. Are they really? Mm-hmm. I think because they're less likely to use other substances. Yeah. But it's like 22% of 12 to 13-year-old boys, hmm. at least in our sample, showed serious 12, addiction. What percent? 22%. Versus 8 to 10%. On average. Of boys. So <laughs> that was very, very eye-opening. So we yeah. we got to be on top of this. Are, boys, are boys more addictive to this? I mean, are they, I guess there's probably more of them doing it. I, I think it's 2% of girls in the Provo sample. So it's, it's a huge, oh, huge see, difference. That's why girls... You got the Girls upper hand. Girls are just cooler. They're just Sorry, way man. cooler. But they're, they're horrible at video games. <laughs> we could totally destroy them. Oh, that's sad. We're talking with Dr. Sarah Coyne. She is teaching us the ins and the outs of media use, right? Videos, video gaming. We're trying to fix some of James's issues. That late night gaming. All of James's friends are online, by the way. But it's hot. Yeah, I appreciate the help, man. That's what I'm here for here to help you. We're taking a break. When we come back, Sarah's going to take us into another study she's done about Disney princesses, right? Oh, yeah. You know, Disney. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Good stuff. We're learning from Dr. Sarah Coyne. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. More right after this break. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the house with Dr. Sarah Coyne. She is the media guru, we call her, the, the queen, the anti-videoite. 
No, she's not. She's not anti-video. She loves it. Mixed. Mixed, remember? Oh, it's mixed was the word she chose. And um, she's the, actually the one that researches it. So you can all have your opinion. But there's actually one person that's researching, I mean, that's in this room right now. <laughs> the rest of you, you have your opinion, la, la, la. But you know what? She's read a lot and uh, studied a lot and done a ton of research. Now, you're doing research right now um, on Disney princesses. Best study I've ever done. Why? Now, I, I so get fun. it. I, I mean, okay, go there. Teach us. <laughs> Why Disney? Because they're, they're so impactful. They're everywhere. Mm. Everyone has a tiara. Everyone. Right? I'm looking at yours right now. Do you like it? It's really pretty and sparkly. Thank you. So I was at a gender development conference, and a woman was speaking who wrote a book called Cinderella Ate My Daughter, and kind of saying that Disney princesses are bad for little girls. Yeah. At the time, I had a three-year-old daughter who loved Cinderella. And you were like, that And I'm like, I'm the media professor. What is going on? How have I not even considered this? And so the woman speaking said, you know, I'm just a journalist. I have nothing to back me up. And I thought, well, I do studies on media and children. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this one out. So the study is over 300 children in Oregon and then in Utah. Okay. And we asked how uh, much they watch Disney princess movies, how often they play with the toys, and how much they identify with the princesses. And what we found is for girls, um, girls who were higher on all those things were more gender stereotyped. So they were more girly. They were more girly girls. Which is kind of a duh answer. Yeah. But what we found is that they became more girly over time while controlling for initial So it's interesting. So Disney princess, watching Disney princesses Mm -hmm. makes you more girly. And especially more girly over time. Yeah, so you conform to more traditional female stereotypes. Yeah, interesting. Heels. I know it's true because when my daughter, the minute she would watch that, my, my daughter was wearing heels, boas, had a, right. always had a boa. I don't know why. I don't know that any princesses actually have a boa. I can't think of it. Tiaras, but you know, they always needed a, you know, a, a, some knight to come and save her. Right. Interesting. And, and why is that a bad thing? Yeah. Because, you know, people say, well, we want girls to be feminine. More girly girl. And, right. But they're less likely to want to do well in math yeah. and science. Get your, and yeah. Less likely to go to college yeah. and give up more easily. Yeah. And, you know, all those kind of And grab things. the sword and behead the monster. That's right. See? That's right. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> yeah. So the other, That's interesting. Th- there were two other cool findings, though, what? for all the Disney lovers out there. So these girls also had better body image, just in the short term. But they had better body image, hmm. and they were also more pro-social, so they were kinder. So those were kind of, so again, a mixed finding of princesses. But this there. almost shows you how our culture then perpetuates, you know, these paradigms, the stero- these, some of these these stereotypes. Yeah, and I was really I mean, girly so, means this. Right. Girly doesn't mean, like, what was the one movie with the redheaded princess? Merida. Brave. Brave. Yeah. Where she was a rock star. Love that movie. But it's interesting. She she didn't, you know, the, they made the princess not really look like her. Right. It makes me so furious. So the, the marketing. Yeah. They've slimmed her down. Yeah. They've made her beautiful. So I talk to my daughter far too much about this, but she'll see Merida on a soup can and go, that's not the real Merida. She's far too pretty. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So Disney takes a very yeah. powerful female and then makes her very Softens stereotyped. her up. Exactly. And, I mean, but how cool is that? She was the one that could, you know, take everyone on. I loved her. Yeah. She's good. That's interesting. So what are we supposed to do as parents with all of this? Yeah. I mean, so, I guess buyer beware, right? I right. Mean, just know that it's not, not, nothing's just pure. Mm-hmm. Just because it's for a child. 
And there are a range of Disney princesses. Yeah. So the earlier ones, which are um, very popular still, yeah. Snow Cinderella, White, Cinderella yeah. Sleeping Beauty, are way more gender stereotyped. Yeah. Way more, right? Yeah. Um, Who's the later your favorite? One. My favorite Disney yeah. princess. Um, I think I like Belle. Yeah, Belle's cute. Belle's good. She's very smart and she yeah. likes to read and she, you know, defends her father mm-hmm. and sacrifices and yeah. then she loves the beast for who he is inside. Anyway, and, so and she didn't date Gaston because he was a loser. He's a loser. Because even though he's a pretty a loser. loser, yeah, yeah. So and and and. Bringing out those kind of themes. So, you know, pulling out the good qualities of the princesses. And it's not all about the glitz and the glam Mm -hmm. and the pretty hair and the pretty dress. You know, it's about saving China, like in Mulan's place, or sacrificing for your sister, like in Frozen. There's all sorts of extremely powerful messages for girls that as parents we can really capitalize on. And I guess that's the key is talk. Mm-hmm. You got to be talking to your kids and not just taking it as it is. That's right. You're not a victim. Go out there and take over the world. That's Teach. right. Yeah. I had some, I've been teaching that to James. Not in the princess setting. That I need to take over the world? Mm-hmm. I like that. That you need to take over your dating life. Oh. So not the actual <laughs> not to get literal world. Okay. Yeah. Not right. just your dating life. Um, so Sarah, as a mommy, four cute little kidlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time should our kids be watching movies, TV? That's a great question. So I go by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. And it depends on the age. So these are doctors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pediatricians. Yeah. So infants under the age of two, they recommend no screen time. Zero. Really? Not even iPad screen time? Screen time? Not even iPads okay. at a restaurant when your kid's distracted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a hard one. Yeah. That's a tougher one to follow, I think, for parents. Right. Um, after the age of two, they recommend no more than two hours of screen time every day. Now, the average time what is for it? the American child is seven hours and 45 minutes oh, a pitiful. day. So we are not even close on this. No more than two hours. And that includes video games, DVDs, TV, all of those social apps, media. All of the social media. Yep. Wow. Oh, we're missing the mark. Really badly. Seven hours. And 45 minutes on average. Jeez Louise. What would we do with our kids for all that time? <laughs> right. That's a lot of talking. <laughs> Hi, kids. It's the worst. That's interesting. But like, okay, then it's time to go on a fast, a little diet. Yeah. You know, my com- I'm from Spanish Fork. Yeah. Right? So we have something called Spanish Fork Unplugged that my community is doing. I'm not involved in it. And they have 101 activities that you can get these little brag tags for. You know, go out and do sidewalk chalk or go on a bike oh, ride yeah. or go build a fort. And then you go into local businesses and then you get these things. And then so you're unplugging from the what media. What a great idea. Spanish Fork's the best. That is. There. That's, a great, that's a great idea. And it's the community supporting it. Think that's of right. the, how many kids, I guess, that... I was a latchkey kid, and I would just go home and turn the TV on and just wait for mom. I think it's the default for kids. It is. I think right. it is, too. So they're now bored. it's laptops, it's iPad. I mean, my son, do you have an age that you – what age are you going to give your child a phone? I have, I've had this conversation with my son have almost you? daily. He's 10, yeah. So I say I will have the conversation with you when you're about 12. And yeah. if you can show me that you're responsible, I can trust you. Yeah. We'll have the conversation. So I'd say around 13-ish. Yeah, that's about when we're doing it. Depends on your kid, though. But see, the problem is all my older kids have them, and yep. my, the one that's 12 is dying. Yep. He's not 12 yet. He's almost 12. Right. Yeah, I believe Oh, that. Sarah, you're scaring me. <laughs> Sorry. You're scaring me. Um, 
anything else? What else do we need to know? Just as a mom, as I mean, as parents, what should we be watching out for? Um, I mean, it's not an enemy. It's just a tool. But how do we take it back? I think that you have to be courageous. So I talk about in my media class that we have to be courageous as parents. It's so easy to just let your kids watch whatever they want. Yeah. It's a fight. Oh, yeah. It's like a big fight. Oh, you'll pay for it. You will. And your kids will be mad at you and think you're the worst mom or dad in the world. Right. For not saying, you know, you can't go see this movie or let's talk about this. But my hope for my own children, at least, is that when they move out of the house and I have zero control, right, over anything they do, I have taught them to be a critical viewer of media. So when they see something that they know isn't right, you know, they see violence, they think, if this happened in the real world, that guy would actually be dead and his family would be mourning and or whatever it is. And so they're constantly thinking about it. And so I think that as parents, you just try to teach your kids those skills because you can't control everything. Absolutely no way. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, you want them to be tooled and skilled and able. That's right. Uh, One more just quick question. Do, does it really make your head, your brain mushy? If you watch too much media, because my mom said my brain would go soft. The brain actually filters out of your ears in big piles of goo. So she was right. <laughs> my mom was right. That's right. I'm so bad. My brain's going to seep out. That's right. Sarah, you're the best. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. I for mean, this is me. your summer break. You're you're not even supposed to be on campus, really. That's right. And you had to come here and park. It's no good. Ah, now you got to go out to Spanish Fork days. Love it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Dr. Sarah Coyne, check it out. Go. By the way, where can they find you, Sarah? If um, they want to write you. Uh, smcoin at byu.edu. Smcoin at byu.edu. Send her your comments, your concerns about books. Thanks for that. <laughs> or you can just send them to us. Call us, <laughs> 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Sarah, you're the best. We'll Thank have you, you back for sure. Yeah, hey, right. when you're done with that latest one, let's have you back. Okay. Yeah. We're big into princesses here. I'm doing a superhero one, too. At the very end, which princess were you on BuzzFeed? Do you remember? I was Belle. Were you Belle? <laughs> My favorite, Because that's your favorite, right? too. Okay. Worked out. Um, that's way good. I'm gonna, I am gonna. don't know what I am yet. I'm going to find out You're at the end of the show. You're going to find out. Tons of fun. Sarah, thanks. This is uh, the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break, continue our discussion about, you know, media and kids, you know, understanding reality, seeing if we can't help along the way. We'll be right back. You're listening to BYU Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. That, yeah, that was much better than Ethel That's Merman. A, yeah. yeah. Have you not seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? I have. I don't watch shows anymore because don't you, Sarah... She's, she's funny in it. I know, but Sarah psyched me out. Huh. I'm yep. not watching any more shows. Wow. Gee. Two hours a day is how much time the American Association of Pediat- Pediatricians or Pediatrics, Pediatrics thinks that you should have your children should be watching. TV. The problem is that you'll never watch Lord of the Rings ever again. Or, <laughs> you know, you'd have to watch it in segments. Or the new Transformers movie that's like six hours long. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? How much How much media time do you have, James? Oh, I don't know. Probably like 15 minutes. You know, it's... James is a really, he's really celibate about a lot of things, including media. 
Yep. Really, celibate's the word you chose. <laughs> That's an interesting word choice. Is it his name Celibacy James? Not on radio, it's not. <laughs> now it is. <laughs> CJ, we call him. Celibacy James. <laughs> hey, um, how much media time do you use? So I don't, I think I do a little bit more now than I when I was at home, but I really don't have time. You're up to 12 hours? No. I'm I'm probably at like two, but in our house it was, my mom tried to get us to do an hour. How about social media? Social media, Six I, hours, guaranteed. I spend a little bit more time on social media because um, for work, I scour social media to find people to interview. Is that what so you, is that what you that's say? What I, that's what they That's, that's the they justification. That's the justification yeah. of it. No, um, that's what I do. But I know job. that because if I text you, you answer me in less than 12 seconds. Well, because if I don't, I'll forget. Is that what it is? Well, or I, I'll stop caring and won't text you. No, just kidding. <laughs> you, you lose your caring that quickly. <laughs> Apathy in 12 seconds. I text seconds. James and I don't hear from him for a week. Actually, See, I, texted I text him. James and he texts me back instantly. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's so awkward. But I can feel the tension right between you two. <laughs> no, we have something important to talk okay, about. Okay, so um, our own Maddie Richard. You didn't hear what we talked about yesterday after your segment, did you? No. It was really good. Anyway, Does it mean? No, we don't have time to go there, but um, <laughs> it was really good. So we've been talking about media and how it affects our families, but one of the things that might be happening is we also don't want to raise a bunch of kids that are not media savvy or just like raised in a... They're too sheltered. Yeah, in a vacuum. Exactly. So how do we know how much shelter is enough and how much is too much? The thing is, um, the, what, what I've done lots of research and what I've come to the consensus is that you can listen to what the American Board of Pediatrics says. You can listen to what all the doctors and you should mm-hmm. research, but they're your kids. You own them. They're not the American Center of Pediatrics kids. They're, they're your kids. Yeah. Who's paying their bills? You are. Me. You, Matt. I am. So you have to decide for your kids yes. what the best options are for them. You should know, okay, I have this kid and he seems to be a little bit, like tends to be a little violent. Maybe yeah. we should tends to not hurt watch or read movies, like yeah. do those violent things. We sure. should cut back on those more than with my other kids who seem to be able to adjust to that. I have way. a kid that's not violent, but he dresses like he's from the 80s and dress that he thinks his family are all members of the Full House cast. <laughs> so I'm so like, I'm going to back that. House. I'm going to back yeah. that. Yeah, lay off those sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you you need to analyze each of your kids individually and not, and not as a group either. Your yeah. kids aren't all the same. Right. You no, have, believe me. They're very different. So yeah. You need to. Some of my spend kids time. don't even. They don't even seem like they're mine. I believe it. Which I find strange, because I know they are. Okay, well. But I'm glad they, you said they that. They look different. <laughs> they act different, and they've got. But that's the deal here: is you got to know your kid. Yeah, that's the problem. To, yeah, you need to know your kid, and you need to um, spend time with them with whatever they're watching, reading, mm-hmm. playing. So you know, I mean, I they're on the news just a few weeks ago. These girls had been watching all the Slenderman videos. If, if you've heard no. of those. No, is that like a stick figure? Yeah, he's like a cartoon character who is like a, a murderer. Wow. And they, in some of the videos, it alludes that he's real and he's got a hideout. And these girls decided they wanted to go join Slenderman. So they stabbed their friend to prove to him that they could be a part of his league. They're 12-year-old girls that stabbed their friend. You have to be watching your kids. Where are their parents? Where are the parents in that? Yeah. I mean, wow. you have to be I, 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 so None diligent. of my kids watch Slender Man. And I mean, I'm I not, not going to tell to hear and preach what people should or shouldn't watch, but you just need to know 
what your kid is watching yeah. and what they can handle. Well, don't you think that what they should be doing is listening to this show? I mean, yeah, if they if want any chance it, of living yeah. and surviving, listen to the show. Yeah, it's true. I remember in, in elementary school, we'd have, uh, I think it was, we had to read To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. And one Why are of we the, killing birds? One of the parents, though, seriously signed and didn't want their kid reading, reading the book. that book. Right. And it just made me so sad because it is such a beautiful piece of literature. Yeah. And it deals with hard things. It deals with racism. There are swear words in it. There are hard things, but it's something that you need to learn about and be able to talk about with your parents. And so there's a fine line between not letting your kids do something that's going to be harmful for them mm-hmm. and trying to shelter them from reality. Well, and maybe the guide is that instead of me being your guide on the side, they should be the guide. So yeah. then go read the book with your kids yeah, and read the walk book them and through talk it. to them with yeah. it. Those are my favorite things. Um, my mom and I would read books every summer when I was growing up. And really? We read, yeah, it was great. That's cool. We'd read a book with each other together. And we read Little Women when I was fairly young. And one of the sisters, spoiler alert, one of the sisters dies in what? Little Women. And it was one of, I mean, I was beside myself I was so sad but it yeah. was so wonderful to be able to go through kind of I'd never really had anyone close to me die yeah and to be able to work through that with, with my mom, mom. mom okay but th- let's think about all the great things she did and you know she's she was a heaven. great character she's in heaven and she yeah. and to also you know this is a book this isn't real yeah to have to to mean yeah. to work through all those things with my mom that's cool Parents don't do that very much no, anymore. I that don't says think. a lot about your mom. It does say a lot about my mom. My I want to meet your lady. mom. You should. She would blow you away. Would she? She would blow you away. No, like not literally, but in a no, good way. No, literally. She would. You would she be packs so. Heat. She would. You would be so impressed that you would. Your brain would explode. Would it really? Yeah, my mom's great. If my brain exploded, you wouldn't have a job someday. Well, no, my mom would take your job, and then I'd inherit it. Wow. Anyway. I was just threatened, James. Did you hear that? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty intense plot. I hope I hope the lawyers are listening. <laughs> yeah, we have that on on recording. Did you record that? Yeah. Make sure you save that one. <laughs> but the point of the, the my point is there are going to be hard things in in books and yeah. in movies. And you know, sometimes you do need to say I don't think this is appropriate for my for sure. my child. I yeah. don't think I don't think that this part of this movie you need to go see. It glorifies this. Yeah. It it makes this look okay. But in things that you feel are appropriate, still talk with your kids about it. Oh my god. Still heavens. just sit down and have the conversation. Okay, so in in the book they use this word and we don't really use that word. You know we shouldn't why we use don't that use, word. That's right. Yeah, this is why we shouldn't use How that word. How many times would a parent jump up, turn off a TV station because somebody's something's being said and they're so mad about it. Yeah. But then they don't go teach their son. So they might say, "Oh, cuz that's inappropriate cuz they're talking about but sex." You don't know. You don't but they'll understand. never go teach their kid no. about sex. Which and it's hard to have those conversations with well, your kid. No, but I know. So how hypo- hi- what hypocrisy? Yeah, yeah, because all of a sudden, help them then. Well, and that's the Have thing. The if guts. they don't learn it from you, they're yeah. going to learn it somewhere else. I know. I'm going. They might not learn the way that you want it to. Someday we're going to do a show. Else. We're going to do a show on how to tell your kids about the birds and the bees. I think that's a great idea, and I will be out of town. <laughs> and by the way, I already have an assignment. I want you to figure out why we call it the birds and the bees. Yeah, I, I will. I'll research into that. Yeah. Okay. So I just have a really quick list before we wrap up of okay. what could maybe happen f- to your kids if you are not careful to talk to them about the things they're consuming. The so media you're about to scare us. Yes. Okay, good. Go. So don't – if you shelter your kids a little too much, they might be stressed about 
the real world. When something hard happens to them in real life, they might not know how to handle it. A la death. A la death. Exactly right. like I was talking about. They might not be able to communicate because if they can't communicate with you, their parent, about these hard, right. difficult, stressful, unusual things. That's James. They, they won't be able to communicate in the, in the real world with other people and these conversations that need to happen. Um, they'll, they'll be afraid. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, help your kids go through the hard things so they don't have to be afraid of them. Yeah, later. you don't want to be afraid of the world. Yeah, you, you want to. There's you also great don't want to be naively. And you don't want to be. That's the next the one. Trap. Don't be stupid. Yeah. You don't want your kids to grow up and be the stupid one yeah, that doesn't know anything. We won't call them stupid. Well, then. naive then. Yeah, ignorant. Um, they could get easily offended mm-hmm. and hurt if you're too careful about, oh, we don't. Good, only good things happen if you're nice to people, and then they're they're not going to be able to cope with yeah. people who aren't always nice, right? Which is a lot of people a lot of the time. And then the the biggest one again is that they're going to then take what they've learned from the world, from their peers, from the movies, instead of what you've been able yeah. to give to them. Yeah, you. I, I want them. Yeah, I want them to know. I have sat down with somebody. When I was a lay, I was a bishop. I was a lay leader of a church group in the LDS church. And um, I had a guy that was getting married and his parents had never told him about the birds and the bees. <laughs> and the night before he's getting married, he calls me. Actually, no, this was pretty like cell phone, everybody. And he shows up at the door and he's like, can I talk to you? And I'm thinking, oh boy, we're about to blow up mm, your entire brain tomorrow. And he's like, I'm terrified about tomorrow because I have no idea about my honeymoon or what. And I'm like, come on in. And we went down to my playroom. We have a a toy playroom in my basement. Oh, gosh, that's the best place. And we, because that's the only place I could go to get away from my kids. And we, I taught him about the birds and the bees. And he shouldn't have had to hear that from Mm -hmm. you. He should have learned it from his mom a long time ago. Yeah, or dad even. And even, and even, I mean, nowadays, your kids aren't going to be able to avoid it. No. They're oh, going to no. see it when they walk to school. The kids at school are talking about it. If you on, need to get to them first. Right. If they're on technology seven hours a day, they're seeing it. Yes. So that's just yeah. the biggest takeaway is don't overshelter them, but be willing to talk to them mm-hmm. about the things that they're consuming. And if you're going to be a purist, which is great, be a purist and be all pure, but then have the guts to stand up and teach them. Yeah. Don't just tell them what they can't do. And can't do, but explain to them. Teach them what it should be, what it looks what like. They Healthy. should look out for. Man. Yeah. Maddie Richard. Yep. That's amazing. That's me. Yep. That's the from lesson the Ma- for the day. From the Maddie Townsend Show. Maddie Townsend Show. Oh, that sounds like we're married. From nope. the Maddie Richard uh, Show. No. Uh, well done. James, did you learn? Yeah. I always like to check in to make sure you're tracking. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to talk about it, though. I also did see that you couldn't take your eyes off her. <laughs> Mesmerized. Guilty. She has that ability. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Kim Giles is in the house. The coach extraordinaire, ClarityPointCoaching.com. She, uh, she's going to walk us through some, some pretty important parenting issues and uh, lots of good stuff. Kim Giles, be here next. Right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in the house, Kimberly Giles from Clarity Point Coaching. 
coach extraordinaire. Uh, she was voted by the intergalactic uh, coaching division <laughs> as the, the number one, as the top 20 intergalactic coaches of the galaxy. You know, I do have actual credentials. I know, a few of but them. nobody gives them to me, so I have to make them up. But I remember that. I remember in the, uh, you were a top twelve guru, advice gurus, advice gurus uh, from, yeah. and, and you just on, according to Good Morning, Good Morning America, America, which I don't know if they have any more. Well, I think it's actually, credibility than well, the United Galaxy Federation. Yeah. No, that's bigger. That's a lot bigger. <laughs> uh, Darth Vader's on the, the board oh, of the other okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but go to Clarity Point Coaching and you'll get everything that Kim has to offer. She's, everything she gives is free, which is amazing. See, a lot of people in this industry make money doing it, but not Kim. Kim gives <laughs> and gives and gives. And she's the author of the book, Choosing Clarity, which is a great book. You know, basically, uh, it's a, it's the way to get fear out of your life. We're all a bunch of Freddy cats. We are to some degree. We are. Hey, um, you coach a ton of people and... A lot of them, you may notice, I'm sure, have uh, you know some marital issues that come down to media. Media can- tends to get in the way of a good marriage sometimes. Especially these days. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, social media, big deal. Yeah. A lot gets in the we'll way. We'll have to talk a little bit about Yeah. But so where do you see online. it? Where do you see – just talk about the media and how the – and all forms of media, books, uh, video games, every, all, all of that seem to be forms of escape. Yes. And you know, um, I am often talking about how our subconscious programming affects us. And and the truth of the matter is one of our most basic subconscious programs we all have is our fight and flight response. Right. right. And by the way, it's a good thing. It is. Keeps you from getting killed. But if you get, if, if a giant crocodile comes running right at you, Matt, what are you more likely to do without even thinking run or fight? Well, I was going to wet myself first. (laughs) Then I would run. If run no, yeah. is if run is yeah, an I'd option, run. that is always what we'll pick yeah. first. And we have to be programmed that way for our physical safety. Mm-hmm. If we can avoid the scary thing, that would be our first yeah. choice. Get away. The problem is when we have situations in our life, like a, a marriage problem, we're not getting along, it's going to scare you to death. Oh, yeah. And often, your subconscious response to that will be escape, hide, run. Hey, go play a video game. get so busy in your hobbies or watch a lot of TV so you never talk to your spouse. And we'll just pretend it's not there as long as we can and not deal with it. So a lot of us go to media as our escape. And I was telling you earlier, I was in an unhappy marriage. You know what that's like. And I had always been a very avid reader. I just devour books. And I... I kind of thought, as long as I'm reading anything, well, it's a noble, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a virtue, You're isn't not it, doing to drugs, be well-read. Right. Yeah, exactly. But my reading kind of went from self-help into a lot of novels, and they mm-hmm. were good novels, but then it kind of drifted into a couple romantic novels. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Those really made me feel good. Did they? So they were medicating you. Well, yeah, and because it felt so good and I was miserable in the rest of my life, of course I wanted to read more of mm-hmm. them. And before you know it, I was going through a romance novel a day. Wow, that's a big that's a big addiction. It seriously is. And so I, I was telling you earlier, I wrote yep. an article a while back about romance novels being the same as a pornography addiction for many women. And this was from personal experience. Where can there. they find them? Not that, that article, by the way. If they go to ksl.com and search Giles and romance novels, it'll come up. They'll it, it created find it. quite a stir. 
It it's, did. Because you touched the third rail. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just equated something that was seemingly so valuable, I guess. Is, is, that, is that what they were arguing? So yes, what was the argument? Their, their I mean, argument the, was that it's it's not pornography at all. It's it's books. It's stories. It's it doesn't well, do that. But, no, the, but if the books point are whatever, is yeah. the reaction your body has when you read it. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I think it caused controversies, I mentioned the Twilight books, yeah. which I read and yeah. my teenage daughters read. But I was noticing women who were reading the same four books over and over and over. Really? Well, the reason is that those books would turn them on. Yeah. And when you get Create that chemistry. chemical feel yeah. good, yeah, you can just read the same book yeah. over and over and over. Uh, there was a there was an, a leader in the LDS church years ago that said, because someone used to say, I it doesn't matter how much I kiss a girl. It doesn't do anything to me. And he goes, if kissing a girl doesn't do anything to you, then next time you take her home, uh, pat her on the back goodbye and go kiss the post. And the reality is kissing some you know, post, post is not going to have is not the same be equal as kissing the pretty girl. So yeah. there's an effect. We've got to be real. There's something going on. And I like you're, we're medicating ourselves with it. All of this is escapism. We are. And the books themselves, this is not a bad thing. I mm. read them. Well, and books are books are good to read. But are you using mm-hmm. them to make yourself feel better? And to be honest, at the time, if someone had told me I needed to give them up, I probably wouldn't have because I would have said I need something that yeah. makes me feel better. Right. I was so down. Well, if it wasn't that, you'd be eating. Or if it wasn't that, something. you'd do some other drug. But I think we need to be realistic. Yeah. About why we're reading. You know, when I'm on vacation, I definitely like a novel while I'm sitting by the pool on vacation. But I don't live there, and I'm not going there to escape dealing with my marriage. Right. Well, yeah, and you still look over, and there's your guy. Yeah. (laughs) Now, you know, the other problem with them is the unrealistic expectations. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the romance novels. I've had clients that every night after they get their kids to bed, they like to watch a romance movie on Netflix. Yeah. Which seems innocent enough, except for it sets an night after night, she's getting more disappointed right. with the slobby husband oh, yeah. who's unromantic, who doesn't yeah. live up to what she's I mean, seeing. at our house, we don't even have the wind blowing. So even if I had hair to blow the wind, the, the wind could blow, it wouldn't blow. And it wouldn't blow my shirt open where she could see my six pack if there was, if there were any abs. So, I mean, it's all an illusion. Right? Yeah, I mean, it it's, is. But then, well, then, it, but then we think that that's All of giving normal. us a very false idea of normal. Well, which is the exact same argument I hear about pornography. Yes. So all of a sudden it gives this false sense of what a perfect body looks like or a perfect you know situation looks like. So to me, I think you're right. It's the same thing. It is. And and I know you. I heard your story earlier about the fellow that um, needed an education yeah. real quick. And, and growing up in a religious community like we do, a lot of people haven't had a lot of education right. in that area. And the only thing they've been exposed to is movies. Right. And so our idea of what it's going to be like when we get married is totally it's wrong. Total. Well, then you got to <laughs> blow that up. Close. Right. Oh, I have that all the time with my clients. Yeah, me too. So some of that, and that's the big thing is it's one thing to just have to deal with life as it is, but then to have to tear down, you know, the expectations and let go of it. Yeah. Yeah, So there's, there's a lot of problems with them. And I, I have, I've made a rule for myself that if it's a book that turns me on, that I, I, 
really probably shouldn't yeah. be reading it because yeah. I need to make that my husband's job. Yeah. No, His right. job is to do that. Well, and go be present with your husband. Right. Versus being present with a book and then in imagination with your husband or a guest right. or whatever. Now, I, mean, I know you and I both know we've got people listening that are going to be thinking. What? Yeah. Okay, but that doesn't yeah. happen there yeah. either. It doesn't. Yeah. So what am I supposed to do? So yeah. then we need to do some work on our marriage, which is really oh, what we're here right. in the journey of life in this classroom to do is learn and grow. So instead of hiding from these problems, we got to do some work and fix them. You also then can't just do the fight or flight. So your nature would say, oh, that's, that's going to be a tense topic, which then, so now the fight or flight kicks in, which then perpetuates the, the withdrawal from Let's each other. Let's just go watch TV. And then we go watch the TV or read the book. Yeah. And then we stay apart. And then it, that's the cycle. And that's collusion. And then we do that together. And, and so maybe when you're ready to talk, I'm not. When I'm not, when I'm ready to talk, you're not. And we're always in we this weird We are going scene. nowhere. And we just call that marriage. Isn't that sad? Because marriage could be so much better. It should be. We both know we can help somebody get there, but they got to take it on and they got to ask for help. And then the solutions are there and you could have something wonderful. Oh, see, Kim, that's why you're on the show. You just you just brought us full circle. Now we got to fix it. So we're going to take a break. When we're going to come back, Kimberly Giles is going to stick with us. By the way, she's sporting a brand new haircut. Short. You're going short. Summer cut. Is this a summer cut? Yeah. We're all doing a little summer cut today. We're all gone. We've all gone very short in the haircut today. Uh, Clarity Point Coaching is her website. Go to claritypointcoaching.com. When you get there, by the way, you can take a bunch of uh, assessments and tools, and there's just uh, great tools. I mean, that's what I love. Is It's all right there. Again, free. You just want to help them. <laughs> just want to help them. Squeeze their cheek. Um, hey, we're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More ideas, more tools to help you find the good in life right here on BYU Radio. friends to the Matt Townsend show in studio. Kimberly Giles is here from Clarity Point Coaching. Go check out her website, claritypointcoaching.com. She's an executive coach, author, speaker, founder, and president. She is a media personality. Is that what we're calling you? You're a media personality. You are. Guru extraordinaire, intergalactic phenom. Wow. That gets better every time you do it. You know. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> Extremely. It's really good. And she's exaggerated. And she's sporting a light summer cut. Actually, it was a heavy cut, light summer look. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Since it's radio and they can't see my yeah. new haircut. We ought to take a picture and post it. <laughs> hey, um, before we move on to knowing how to fix some of these things, because everyone's, again, like we talked about before, we're te- we tend to escape. We tend to, when we feel the pressure, when we feel the tension, we fight or flight, we run from it. And then a lot of people get into all different forms of media to escape the tension. There's one that we don't, we haven't talked about, which is um, social media. Oh, and it's a big one. Don't you think that's huge? Yeah, because it is a place that, especially when you're lacking connection at home, you get online to try to connect with people. And boy, hasn't Facebook just, it's opened up a way to connect immediately with all your old flames, everybody you knew in elementary school and junior high and high school. But it's not, it's, when I go back and I, I see an old flame, 
I don't see I don't connect with them with where I am today. I connect to my memories, my history of this person. So yeah. if that flame was still alive, that flame is just a thought. It's just a memory inside you. And so it creates a chemistry code. So you're picking up on them, not where you are today and not where they are. No, you're going right back. Yeah. You go right back to when they were, oh, that cute little cheerleader. But, you know, now they've got other problems, three ex-husbands and two police records. Yeah. I had a client recently whose career isn't going well. And and I think because he's just lacking some validation or in need of some validation. Yeah. He did kind of reconnect with people who used to think that he was superstar. the bomb, yeah. you know, back in the day. Yeah. And, and started online writing back and forth with these women. And, you know, this well, is a problem in yeah. their marriage. Yeah. It's a big one. Oh, and it's... Don't you hear? I hear it every day. I, lit- I literally yeah. hear that, a version of that story every day. Well, I think the statistics I've been seeing is now in divorces, Facebook, social yeah. media is being named as a cause of divorce uh-huh. in almost half divorces. Oh, my heavens. Well, and it's doable because there's data. Yeah. I can show your messages. I can show your, your texting or whatever. Oh, it's just more escape. That's all this is about. It is. How do you fix it? Well, we've got to go back with the basic. I mean, you you were you. This all is what day. you do all day, every I know, day. But I want you to we tell have to me go back I, to the basics. I'm always sick of answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think some of the basics we have to go back to, and and you know, I talk about this a lot. Is is work on your self esteem, yeah. both of you individually. Because when you have self-esteem issues and you're coming with this empty cavern yeah. of neediness that you need your spouse to fill, that's not really that fair empty. to put on them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cause all kinds of problems. And I'm finding most couples, they're both there. Yeah. I, I call that what I find drains people the most is their own sin. Oh. So we're, we're so mad. And sin, so it doesn't sin, don't, you don't have to think of it as like a religious thing. But in Spanish, the word seen means without. So all their lacks, faults, yeah. weaknesses. So anytime flaws. you're without spirit, so whatever in your marriage you're doing that is without spirit, mm. without goodness, without rightness, without righteousness, without just goodness, that's probably what's killing you. So if you know you're not touching your husband, but you're justified because he's a jerk, because he only wants to be touched on. Well, or you're not a tr- you aren't touching a tr- your husband. You feel guilty, yeah. so you look for the bad in uh-huh. everything he does, so yeah. that you're justified to feel There's that way. Without. Now you're yeah. without that, and that seems to drain any sense of esteem, which also tends to justify why you keep doing it. Isn't that a crazy cycle? So you drain cycle. and you justify. You drain and you justify. So I call it the shame and blame game. Yeah. yeah. Because I think the more shame you experience, the more you look for the bad in your spouse yeah. and cast them as the bad one. And you need that evidence in yeah. order to make yourself feel okay. And we're in trouble. That's called, in my world, logical force. Logical force then is when it's logical to hate them because they're messed up. Yeah. Even though it's immoral. So even if it's immoral for me to not like you, I'm justified to not like you because you're jacked up. Yeah. So it's where we tend to choose logic over morality. Mm. And the minute I choose my logic, and nine out of ten friends say he is jacked up. So I would do the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. I've run it past all my friends and family, and they all think he's a jerk. But once it's immoral, it's immoral. And what would you expect to get paid 
emotionally if you're immorally, if you're bankrupt, if you're not being true to yourself. Right. Okay. So the first thing is you got to work on you. Yeah. You have to fix what's going on with you and work on you. But then they're so you're blaming me. You're blaming me. (laughs) No, we are saying you are the only thing you have any control over. Yeah. So you have to fix you and he has to fix him or whatever. Yeah. You have to. Mm -hmm. Now you could keep trying to fix him. Yeah, but twenty so years this hasn't I worked. I don't let them come together. Yeah, I, I make either. them. Go, you make yeah, them come I hate, separately. I hate people together because all they do is blame each other. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's easy money because you can just sit there and say, "No, no, keep going, keep going," yeah. and they just keep fighting. Just fight in front of me, but that yeah. that kind of therapy doesn't solve a lot. No, it doesn't. So, would you work agree? We work on yourself, yeah. and I always ask them. They're always they always say, "I mean, I know I've, I mean, I know I'm partially to blame," and right then I always ask, "Really, what, what?" What are you to blame for? Yeah, let's name it, list it, and literally like own it. It takes them aback, like what? Uh, what? I mean, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but they, they just know, know that's the right thing to uh-huh, say. Exactly. Is that I'm so I, but I want the data, and then then that starts to open up. Great, let's get that. Yeah. And if you could do that more, if you could fix that and be more consistent about being that kind of person, what would you feel? And then all of a sudden, you, the steam starts to come back. I'd feel more valued. I'd feel more at peace. I'd feel more centered. So I make them go to my website and take that fear assessment because it it shows them on paper where their issues, where your issues are, at least where your self-esteem fear and your fear of loss or being taken from, that kind of thing could be showing up in the relationship. Totally. So they work on them. And then the other biggie for me is we got to talk about forgiveness because it is to me the number one lesson that we're all here to learn is to forgive ourselves for our faults and forgive everybody else for being imperfect, struggling students in the classroom of life. And if you honestly can't get to a place where you can forgive your spouse at to, to some level and give them the chance to, to be a student in the classroom of life and be working on it and learning. If they're in the game and willing to do that, yeah. then they deserve that chance. That's right. Now, if they, you know, yeah. if they won't, but see, but then, then all of it's a, sudden, a different conversation. But if you've but, forgiven them, then the negative energy will dissipate. So even if they can, even if your partner continues to be messed up and have negative energy and you're not getting the results you want, if you've forgiven them, you won't suffer from it as much, mm. will you? You're you're in a more neutral state, and then you can then you'll have better eyes to see, ears to hear. You won't take the bait. You won't need to fight or flight. You won't be offended because you get they're jacked up, yeah. they're messed up, and so it doesn't offend you anymore. It's just it's sad. That, then, then it starts to become just sad. That's the magic. And then that's the but power I know to we let have, it go if you I have know to. we have listeners who are thinking, oh, but forgiving my spouse is not going to be an easy road because yeah. we've carried resentment. We've added to it for so many years that the, uh-huh. the weight of it is getting very you, heavy. So how do you teach them to let go of the resentment? I again would say the resentment is more you resent what you've become with them. Mm-hmm. So I'd go back to what you're bringing because what you resent is what you're becoming. Well, they're serving as a yeah. mirror for you, too. Yeah. So what, how do you get them to go, let it go? Let it go. Mm. Do you feel that? The Frozen song that I can't get away from. <laughs> there it is again. 
What do you do? I mean, that's the hardest part because forgiveness, it's one thing to say it, but you can tell. I can tell instantly if somebody's really let it go. You know, you, you can tell. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is they've got to decide what they want because they really only have two choices. Mm-hmm. They can hold on to that, but they will continue to suffer and they will continue to feel crappy about themselves. Yeah. Because I really believe if you're choosing to crucify your spouse, you're yeah. choosing to stand in judgment, you're giving power to our all, that all of us can be not enough. Yeah. And that comes back to you and you will feel like crap too. Right. So you got to understand you're choosing that for them and you yeah. to, to live in shame and fear. I, I love that idea that um, it's you're either going to get you're going to get paid some way. You're either going to get paid by your story. That's going to, I guess, just keep compensating Validate you. Validate you that you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're That's right. You He's get. an idiot. You're so right. He's really an idiot. Yeah, you're right. Are you enjoying that? Or you can get paid by your change. So there's this joy to just finally change. Like, I, the story's no longer serving me. The story just keeps me being paid that I'm an idiot or that he's an idiot or that I'm an idiot for staying with an idiot. But they're not experiencing joy mm. living no. there. No, they're not. Not at all. Or get paid by the fact that, okay, I'm going to change. Yeah. And when you get ch- – and then, then all of a sudden you get paid. And the, oh, it's so be- – it's the most beautiful thing I see in my business. Isn't it you? Totally. When you see – when they get it and they actually do it. I've seen one of your clients change her whole life. Yep. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, don't you think? It's fantastic. That's the payday. I mean, that's why we don't care if we get paid ever. That's why we do what we do right, right there. Because then you know, okay, So we that's want people listening to know they can get there. Yeah. And even though right now the resentment seems so big and heavy, you can't imagine you could ever put yeah. it down and be okay with living with this person right. that you're married to. You really can when you heal you. Yep. And the beautiful part is you'll be whole no matter where they are. Right. But your wholeness will often be a catalyst to help them to want to take that road. I also, do you ever notice that sometimes if you, um, so I always try to create a little space between where they are and the decisions they have to make. So they they always tie it to, so am I supposed to stay with this loser? We don't decide that yet. I just throw that about a mile down the road. And I said, don't even worry about deciding that until you're in the space you need to be in. So get in the right space. And then when you're in the space, you'll know exactly what to do. So just, that's the faith idea that you don't know. Just walk into the dark space but right now you do know you need to let it go and be at peace and find ways to so you know why i call my company and my book clarity because i believe you gotta get the clarity that it's that space where you're out of your fear and you you know who you are and your value and you can forgive other people that's the only place where you can see situations accurately yeah and then you'll know what the right decision is for you but until you're there you can't even see it well and if you are supposed to leave you'll you'll have clarity to leave if you are supposed to stay you'll have clarity to stay and know how to push differently how to be different how to expect different You'll and have the change. Guys, you can get there. No, we it, can we all see it every get day. there. We do. We know. We And we've seen people mm-hmm. who everybody would have thought was hopeless. Oh, oh yeah. And, and they can totally do it. But have you, ever, have you ever had somebody leave your office and you're like, okay, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> they're not going to survive this. They are going to fall <laughs> apart. And then they come back the next week and they're like, oh, my word. I and get it. And they've had to change. Yep. I call it the switch flipping. Yeah. And We yep. call it the flipping switch. The flipping switch. Yep, That's it happens cool. when you get released from your fear and yep. pain and suffering and your shame and guilt and fear. Oh, I love that moment. And then I've you, seen I've seen have, have you seen somebody in that space? I've seen them single-handedly change a marriage that has never changed. 
Because once that, once they're in that clarity, and they see their partner not with anger, but almost with pity, but with respect, like reverence, but compassion. Compassion. And they get that they're, but they get they're broken, but they're compassionate about it. They can change the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it literally releases the tension on everyone. Well, I think and the then one you were moving. talking about that uh-huh. you and I both yeah. worked with, the change in her husband was pretty amazing. It was amazing. But see, but it's funny, because, but it, I think it totally started. It was her. Oh, She was. changed. She was different enough. And then her invitations became more real. Her changes became more real. Her softening became more real. Oh, then and they he could learn gained skills. respect for her. Uh-huh. Because of oh, her love. Oh, I love it. Don't you think? See, that's why we do this. I could do this all day. Yeah. So the path is there, guys. Yeah. The, we've got resources out there. People stand ready to help. You can fix this. Don't, it's fixable. Right now, don't you think everybody right now, they, think of one thing that you know right now you know you need to change. Everybody already knows. We all know this one thing, just one thing in your marriage or wherever you're having the tension. What's the one thing you know you need to change? That you need to step it up and do better. That you need. You. Yeah. And then just. That's the just, loving just choice. Just work on that. That's the choice. And that, so if you want right now, make up a story about it or, you know, retell the story you've told a thousand times, which justifies why you don't do it. Right. Or just that you're tired and you're busy or you're exhausted and you got your kids. Whatever the story you want to tell. Or just work on that little change. And then you could just ask, what's the first thing I could do about that thing to start the change? And it may mean setting aside that ego and that need to be right that Mm -hmm. you've been holding on to and just set it aside and be nice anyway and do make the loving choice. The reward will be in how you feel about yourself, Yeah. whether it gets reciprocated or not. You're going to feel so good about you. Yeah. And I always that's what I say. The peace always comes from the principle. The peace will come from the principle or you're above. The peace comes from above. The peace will not come from your partner's change. No. So that woman had the peace before her husband ever changed. Yep. And once they get the peace, then they know, okay, I can go anyway, anywhere I need to go. And it's not like an angry, I can go anywhere I need to go. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay. It's I'm going to be, I'm gonna be I'm okay. okay anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to love you, and I hope you're going to be yeah. in this with me. But either way, I'm going to be fine. And I'm strong enough to let you go, and I'd rather and have you here. they respect that. Oh, I love it. They respect that. See? Nobody gets Trust it, Kim. That's what we get to see every day. <laughs> but good job. Um, they've got to go to your website, Clarity Point Coaching. If they go to the homepage, on there is a fear assessment. Where'd it go? And that's always my first step is is take it so you can see yep. what's going on in your world. There's also on my resources page, there's an understanding your marriage worksheet that's a great place to start. It's just going to help you see where fear, resentment, selfishness, defensiveness is showing up because yep. that's the problem. And then you do free coaching nights where they can listen in. I do a free coaching call every Tuesday yeah. night. Don't you also pull out a banjo? I think you, I heard you play a banjo. <laughs> and sing. And yeah. sing. Kumbaya. <laughs> You're no, the best. But we, do, we just want people to know help is there. There are resources. So start there and then we'll help you get the way cool what you need you're the real deal well thank you i don't care what you they say too, about Matt. you in the locker room you're the real deal you're awesome hey and stay off those books yep no longer an issue for me that's good <laughs>
<laughs> I have I a great husband. I know you do. But you also you have I a great have the best mind. marriage in the world. Because you're making it, and you found that you found a good guy. Yeah. Hey, we're taking a break. More when we come back. We're going to wrap up the show, and I think we're going to talk about. Uh, have you ever taken the Princess BuzzFeed quiz to find out what princess you are? No, I don't know which princess I am. Well, if you want to stick around, we'll find we'll out find for out. you. Okay. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More on uh, media. When we come back, you're going to find out what kind of princess you are. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, kiddos. Hey, we're wrapping up the show on media. Kim Giles is sticking around from Clarity Point Coaching. Coach extraordinaire, intergalactic uh, chief queen priestess. I don't know what we call you. We need a name for you. Well, you sure could come up with lots of them. I, I can't believe you haven't landed on like one guru, yet. Uh, these, I mean, Advice guru. I mean, yeah, but I, yeah, but you're kind of more than that. You're just very intuitive. You're good. Hey, uh, so... We're going to BuzzFeed. Is that right? Is that where yeah, we're Yeah, the website that brought you quizzes like, what kind of an investor are you? Or which ousted Arab Spring ruler are you? Ooh. Comes the quiz, which Disney princess are you, Matt? Okay. Are we going to do me or are we going to do – we can do both. Do we have time to do both? I, 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 I want to find out, Matt. Let's find okay. out, Matt. Well, let's see. Okay. Okay. So what's your favorite Disney movie? Hunchback of Notre Dame, Robin Hood, Aristocats, Lion King, Love Bug, Freaky Friday, Sword in the Stone, Lady in the Tramp, or The Black Cauldron? Man. I'm going to go with um, – what was the third one? Uh, Aristocats. Fourth? Lion King. Lion King. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And wow, let's see. Uh, secretly, you think your enemies are envious of your industrious industriousness. <laughs> yes, secretly. looks. My you looks. Don't, you don't have enemies. What enemies? Your determination, your dreams, your wealth, your bravery, your demeanor, or your passions. Jeez. Uh, it's going to have to be passion. Passion. Because I don't have the other things. <laughs> okay. What are you most scared of? Saying goodbye to friends. Maddie. Losing your job. Pop quizzes. Global warming. Scissors. Walmart. War. Being alone or standing still. Pop quizzes. Pop quizzes. Like this one. <laughs> uh, what do you look for in your soulmate? Mm. Loyalty. Steadiness. Passion, bravery, kindness, beauty, humor, a sense of adventure, or wealth? Passion. Passion. I like to say passion. Starting to see a theme here. Yeah. Choose a talking animal. Oh, boy. A phoenix, a bluebird, a mouse, a meerkat, a warthog, a cockatoo, a shark, a possum, or animals can't talk. Yeah, none of those. What was the second one? A bluebird. What was the first one? A phoenix. A mouse. A mouse. All right. The third one. Yeah. What do you like to do with your time off? Go camping, get out of town, get together with family, lie around, play video games, burn the candle at both ends, go to the beach, or you're always working? Um, uh, lie around. Like I like around. like just lie around, not talk to anyone, and just sit there in the in the fetal position. <laughs> 
What is the secret to true love? Oh, this is after uh, Mass Segment. Kim, nice. Yes. Kim should We ought to have this one. Humor, understanding, I'll know it when I find it, faith, compassion, acceptance, communication, chemistry, or equality. Ooh. I'm either going to say, I'm going to say compassion. Compassion. That's Being nice to each other. By the way, I've had yeah. three passion words in a row. Not to, <laughs> not to point out. What do you like to have on your first date? Uh, go to a movie theater, a club, a park, the zoo, a restaurant, or you don't have time to date. I'm married. I've well, already had my first date. If you were going to take your wife on a date, my uh, first date, I would do. Uh, I would. I think I would like something like the zoo because you could walk around and make jokes about animals. Look at the hyena. Yeah. Pick a musical artist. Lord, Imagine Dragons, Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, Miles Davis, Randy Newman, Drake, Bruno Mars, or Avicii? Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Should have just pre-clicked Who would you one. have picked, Kim? <laughs> Half of them I didn't even you know who they Drake. were. You would have picked Drake. I don't even know that who that is. Go listen to Drake. Drake's got some <laughs> bad stuff. He's, what is, he's a cool rapper, I guess. What is happily ever after for you? Hmm. Having good friends... Finding that you're equal, achieving your dreams, being in a job you love, being in a caring relationship, in a castle, finding inner peace. I'm not sure, but I know what it isn't, and that's not what's happening right now. Oh. Or adventure. Happily ever after. Happy ever, happily ever after would be probably finding inner peace. I don't okay. know what else it could be. I was going to pick that one, Were too. They have a lot of questions on here. Okay, are you ready for your Disney princess? Oh, I'm so scared. This is, so, <laughs> this is, this is the princess that, that I'm destined to be. As of today, we know that Matt Townsend is Pocahontas. <laughs> yes! Really? I am. Yeah. I'm Pocahontas. Paddling oh. your canoe down the river uh-huh. in the forest alone. Just oh. around the river bend. Just yeah. around. Hey, that's great. Okay, well, there from from Pocahontas. Well, we know your new nickname, Pocahontas. Poke. <laughs> call me Poke. Thanks, Kim. I don't think I'm going to call you that. Call me Hauntus. I don't know what you got to call me. Just come back Isn't next that week. that a virus that you yeah. don't vacuum Yeah, that's up. a hauntavirus. <laughs> All of them seem to be going bad. Hey, thanks for joining us. Again, we're here to help you find the good in the world, folks. Don't give up. Just get educated. Get informed. Change your life. You'll change everyone else's. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.